to work, go high. This song's not like any song you know, ho high, ho high, ho high, ho high. Ho high, everyone, and welcome to episode one of Out of the Minds podcast. I'm Sean Oakley, and I'm joined today by Mr. Sam Cooper. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, this is episode one of the new Titan Squadron podcast. So to start with, we'll just do a quick brief summary of what the podcast is going to be about. Uh, first and foremost, it's about the X-Wing miniatures game. So if you know what that is, great. If you don't, Google it and pick up a copy because it's fantastic. So this podcast is basically, honestly, it's about helping us self-analyze our own games and identifying our mistakes because we're not very good at that as a as a little group or well, certainly i'm not uh i think most of us can be put into that uh that, that basket so we we thought what we'd do is we, we'd analyze games and we'd do it as a podcast because then we can share it with you guys and if we pick up any mistakes that we're making Hopefully you guys might identify some of those mistakes and be like, oh, yeah, that's something I do. And, you know, sometimes it takes someone saying it for you to realise you're doing it. Um, a little bit about ourselves. We are decidedly average players. I think the last 18 months over COVID, playing online, I've my average has been a 3-3, a, a couple of 2-4s in tournaments, the odd 4-2, but not quite making the cut. Take it, we don't count your uh, freakish 6-0. No, that's because it was spam text. The list <laughs> helped mean, a lot. I mean, that is that is one route to go, is like self-analyzing our mistakes. Did we bring a good list? Well, that is true. Um, but we, we want to get better. We ideally want to be making, or at least getting close to cuts on a regular basis and making more cuts. So we're trying to improve, and if we can help Anyone else out there who's beginning to play, just been playing a little bit, you know, this is not aimed at the, the constant cuts, the the Marcels and the Ollies out there and, you know, that level, because they are far superior to us. Um, but, do you know what? We thought it'd be fun to do it as a podcast, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. We will lightly touch on um, news as it crops up, but... There hasn't been much of that recently, with the exception of the FO Squadron box being leaked. Um, and to be frank, there are plenty of other podcasts that are going to do that way better than us. So I think we did, we'll just leave that to them. Uh, go check out Gold Squadron or... <laughs> I was going to say, specific mention to the Sith Takers snapshots. If you don't listen to them, they are well worth a listen. So what we're looking at doing is each week, Sam and I will play a game. Uh, not necessarily against each other, but sometimes against each other. Uh, and we'll analyse that game. Um, it's not going to be a, a sort of in-depth, oh, I should have done a two hard here when I did a three hard, that sort of level, because it's almost impossible to describe that orally. But more just looking at some of the the rounded mistakes that we've made in general and gone, boom, we should have done this, we should have done that. And then we'll hopefully get one guest on each week to analyse one of their games. Uh, more often than not, it will be one of our fellow tins coming on. Yeah, not bad. Okay, so for my first game, I'm going to analyse my round six match from 
a couple of weeks ago from the fantastic Firecast Cup put on by the guys at Firestorm. Uh, and this is my round six match against Lucas Hanna. So lists. Uh, I was flying Republic, and I was flying Warthog in the lat with Thread Tracers, two Delta B Jedi Knights, and a Squad 7 veteran generic arc. And, and that's it. Uh, so all in I3. And Lucas was flying uh, four 4s Imperial list. Uh, so pure Sabak with Snapshot and Shield upgrade. Gideon Hask with Snapshot. Turfineer with Snapshot. And Lieutenant Kestrel with Intimidation, an Ion Cannon Turret, and Thread Tracers. So straight away, I'm going to interject here, I look at that and I think, that's a nasty list. That's a lot. That's throwing a lot of red dice. Uh, and you should murder Pierce back. Is my first in first thought because he's the I think possibly maybe cast. I can't remember what the aggressor uh, Lieutenant Castle's agility, but most of them are on three agility, and Pierce back is on two. So Lieutenant Kestrel. Uh, his, ab uh, his ability is while you perform an attack, after the defender rolls defence dice, you may spend one focus token to cancel all of the defender's blank or focus results. Interesting. Which, as Jedi, is not good for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, on a side note, thank you for that, Sam. You put that deliberately in there, didn't you? Because you know what I actually did. Well, well, yeah, but like, that's the, <laughs> I, feel like I feel like I feel like it's the sort of thing that if we were planning this ahead, I'd be like, yeah, no, that's fair. Look at look at look at Sean's list. Look at their list. Right. So a quick overview of the game. Um, obstacles were placed basically a cluster in one corner, and then the other three sort of spread out. So you ended up with quite a big gap in the middle, off to one side, and then space around the outside. Uh, and we started off with a slow circle around the obstacles, uh, and then basically turned in on each other uh, for a delayed joust. Uh, kind of what my list does. Um, I managed to get the joust, actually, so that I only engaged three of the Imperials. Uh, Turfneer was still going around the back of the gas cloud, so I was quite happy with that. Um, so, first engagement went, and then we just sort of turned into a scrum, and after the first couple of turns shooting, I'd traded Warthog... My arc was down to two hull. I'd lost one shield on one Jedi, and all the shields on one hull on the other Jedi. And I traded that for Gideon and Kestrel. And points were pretty close, actually, at that point, and I felt quite alright. I'd, I'd killed half his list, and although a lot of mine was damaged, I still had three of my four ships left. So it's a three on two, even though I've lost the ability to survive initiative kills. So that sounds like a good idea. Like, that sounds fine. After that had happened, uh, the next turn, uh, I moved the Red Jedi um, and straight into range two of Pure Sabak, who snapshots, and because Pure Sabak was undamaged, uh, rolled three dice, got two hits. Uh, my Jedi blanked out, and that's a dead Jedi. And all of a sudden, before we've even finished moving, it's now two on two. And I can't imagine that favours you, especially because you've lost Warhog. Yeah, we finish moving, um, and Tur initiative kills the Ark. Which, to be honest, was expected. I think he got a range one shot, so it's throwing four, four dice into my one agility ship with two hull. And then all of a sudden, I've got one Jedi versus two ships moving after him, one of which can double reposition. 
and they're all throwing a lot of dice. <laughs> and well, that's it. Um, Pure Sabak still rolling f- four natural dice because was undamaged. So it ended up with me just trying to nink around and plink off damage, which didn't happen. Um, the Jedi died, and the game ended 295. Looking back on it, I realised my biggest mistake halfway through the game, and there was nothing I could do about it. Turn zero? Turn zero. I had the bid by two points, and I gave first player to Lucas, and that was my biggest mistake. Because if I'd, if I'd taken first player, we didn't overlap on initiative, so it, it didn't matter for movement. What it would have allowed me to do was use the fine-tuned controls ability on the Jedi to boost or barrel roll out of range of snapshot before he could snapshot. So either get into range three or get into range one. Um, but because I gave him first player, he snapshotted before I could move. And that's like because, and I I also I imagine actually with the Jedi it's also it's weird because. It's before you've decided, right? So, yes, you're the Jedi, you have Force, so snapshots are less deadly, but it's also like, and even if you'd planned to do a boost or barrel roll, and then you have to spend your Force, it just feels really bad, right? Because, like, like say you you move planning to boost around with your Force ability, he snapshots you, and you're like, oh, i got to defend this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, I think the reason I did that, or one of the reasons I did that, was because I was too focused on obstacle placement. And it's one of my go-to things when um, having the bid, is I always think, if I'm second player, I get to place that last obstacle, I get final say on the obstacle setups, which normally benefits that player. I also dismiss that snapshot, because, to be honest, I think most people do. Yeah, and... I, I get that because like most of the times you play against snapshot snapshot is because I'm trying to force it into an antex list and rolling two dice, like it's usually not great. Like most ships can just sort of blank out a snapshot really. Like he just he rolls two dice, gets a hit. You roll two to three evades, gets an evade. La di da di da. You spend seven points on a useless upgrade. And that basically leads me into my second big mistake, which happened at turn zero, which was I'm not one of these players who knows every single ship's ability off by heart. Um, I didn't check what every single ship does. Um, I knew what Gideon did because he's just come out, but I kind of ended up with blinkers of, oh, it's two I-4 interceptors. You know, might as well be soon to fell because they're moving after me. And I should have just swung over and had a quick check. And that basically leads into the mistake that happened throughout the game, which was my target priority. Because my initial engagement, I had a choice of Pusebac, Kestrel, or Gideon. And I went for Kestrel because Pusebac and Kestrel both rolled two defence dice. But Kestrel is at range two of a lot of my ships compared to Pusebac, which is at range three. So my thoughts were... It's less less agility, I can pump damage through. Whereas what I should have done was gone into Pure Sabak until at least until I'd put three damage through to shut down his ability or or killed him. And then focused on Gideon because Gideon is dangerous in the end game, because your ship's likely to be damaged. He's then a four dice interceptor, five at range one. And 
yeah, those were basically my two big mistakes from the game. And it boils down to both of those could have been rectified if I'd looked more closely at my opponent's list at turn zero. Yeah, because I, I sort I sort of get that because like I will t- I will go and have a glance, but uh, if if I if I think I vaguely know it, I'll be like, oh yeah, that guy, oh yeah, that guy, okay, that guy. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure something will be relevant to my opponent will tell me his ability, but like not a lot. Like the all these imperial abilities are like when I attack, I do a thing. So that's going to be relevant a lot. Yeah, it was something I something I needed to. I should have got into my head more so that every planning phase i was thinking right if i move here what's what's this ship gonna do what's its ability gonna affect because um it didn't come up but if gideon had been snapshotting at damaged opponents that would have been an extra dice there yeah so um dice we're not gonna go into dice too much on this podcast dice can swing a game when they fail you at crucial moments um but I never feel dice are the complete cause of a, a loss. They can contribute, but... I mean, that game, um, I, it's on the Firestorm Twitch, so I went back and watched it, and there were a couple of, I think, key moments where the dice favoured my opponent, but it was much, much more average than it felt at the time. It felt really bad at... And I almost thought the entire game, the dice were against me. And I went back and looked at it, and I was like, actually, no. They were pretty average, apart from a couple of key moments. And I think that's always the way, isn't it? It always seems slightly worse when you're there in the game. Yeah. Like, it it, it feels bad because you roll the dice, and it's bad, and you're losing. And you just remember the feeling of losing at that time. You know, it... If I'd made better decisions, I would have been taking less red dice to start with. So, you know, it all turns right back to that turn zero. I, I, I think I could have dodged maybe four or five snapshots I took during that game, which probably amounted to 12 red dice I wouldn't have had to defend against. Which is quite a lot. Yeah. Well, that's it for my game and the brief summary. Uh, so I'm going to hand you over to Sam. So my game that I'm bringing to the table is a little, int- little more, a little more in- interesting. There's probably get a little, little bit more back and forth because this is a game that I played against Sean the other night. Um, and I'll run you through my list. Let me, let me, let me bring up my list quickly. It's, it's called Bringing Dooku Back because I've heard that Count Dooku is undercosted, so I'm going to run him in the Infiltrator. Um, it might be the wrong Dooku. Um, so I decide, I, I, say, I think my plan with this list is I think uh, basically more, I was planning to experiment with this list because I want, I will, I like the infiltrator and I want to run it more. It just, it generally feels bad when I run it. I've tried a really hefty maul and as fun as that is, it is a quick way to lose. But just a heads up for all of our listeners, uh, Sam is quite keen on, should we say flying non-metalists? I like to think of it as I I like convoluted combos. You you, you have your own flavour. Um. So what I uh, took to this friendly game is which would as friendly and we're, we're trying out lists um for the upcoming best bin tournament. Um. Hopefully we're going to be uh, attending that and being happy and doing well. So I'm trying out Count Dooku and the Infiltrator with heightened perception, perceptive co-pilot, Zam Wessel crew. 
Proton Bombs, Hull Upgrade, and the Scimitar title, which uh, counts him in at a nice 89 points. And there's lots of shenanigans. You can be cloaked, you can jam, you can decloak and then shoot. You can be I7, shoot, then cloak. You can get target locks from Zam. You can bonus attack from Zam, then cloak. Lots of shenanigans. Uh, and accompanying him, I've got two I4 pocket aces, General Grievous with Solus 1 and Impervium Plating, and Chertek with Ensnare. And that lands me at 198 points, which I think is a nice little um, trio of ships. Uh, all three of them can really dish it out, and all three of them can't be ignored, which is the plan. Uh, and you'll find out how that went shortly. Uh, Sean, you were running your fives list, weren't you? Fives and Nanny. Uh, fives and Annie, yes. Um, so, so I, I took my high initiative Republic list. Uh, so it was Oddball in the Torrent with Prockets. Um, and then accompanying him was Plo Koon in the Aether Sprite with the calibrated laser targeting upgrade. Um, Rick Oli in the Naboo N1 with the R2 regen droid. And then Anakin in the ETA 2 with Predator. And that clocked in at 192. So obviously Sean had the bid, but it wasn't really going to matter. He, um, he's he got uh, all I5s and 6s, and I have 3s and 4s. The only, the only time it did matter is because when I want to drop a bomb, uh, Count Dooku has to drop it first, and then Anakin decide, can decide if he wants to barrel roll or not. Also, Count Dooku decloaks before Anakin decides if he wants to barrel roll. So that does come up. Um, but the start, essentially, I I set I I sort of have like a plan for like my three sh these three ship salad lists I have. Is I, I set one ship in each of my corners and one ship in the middle. Uh, the two corner ships are like forty five degrees pointing towards the center because that gives me the uh, ability to just do a one or two straight and then buy some time to see where my opponent is doing. Uh, and that that way I can I can either skirt around the edges, rejoin towards the centre, and work, just uh, basically place myself in optimal positions. And what I ended up doing was I flew my entire lot around the, my left side of the board, essentially chasing down Sean's list. Yeah, I think that's fair. Actually, it surprised me after, I think, about three turns of movement. I sat there and looked at it and went, hang on, he's chasing me here. Surely this should be the other way around, but... <laughs> Because um, I started Cloak with Kanduku, because the the beauty of Kanduku is that he can decloak in the engagement phase if he's getting shot. So I was basically saving it for the opportune moment. And after about three or four turns, I've circled around uh, my left of the board, and I'm in uh, Sean's area. And Sean's basic uh, half of the ships are in my area, and half the ships are still going around the right hand side of the board. And uh, Sean begins to turn into the book to the um, centre. All the obstacles are essentially clustered around the centre of the board. I think at the end, at the end, we both we, we both thought this that this was a good set of obstacles. Although I will retract, I will change my mind later after I make a huge mistake. Although I'd argue the mistake was the problem, not the obstacles. Yeah, I, th I think we up. literally had one in the centre, and then the rest were literally a, a spaced ring around it, weren't they? Yeah, because I have two ships that I have two ships that can duck and dive between obstacles and, and you have all ships that can duck and dive between obstacles my problem is my third one well i'd i'd say i'd say three or four yeah true i guess maybe well, the, the torrents does all right the, the torrents okay it's not super maneuverable but um but 
maneuvering happens, shooting happens. Uh, so my first, I'm going to say my biggest mistake in this thing, and I'm going to focus on the mistakes rather than the little individual thing, is uh, the turn before, uh, I'm sort of slowly coming around the my, my top right of the board, and Dooku is not in the cluster. Grievous and Chertek are just passing through the obstacles. They've traded a few shots. And Rick has a target lock onto uh, Grievous, I do believe, and he did a three tower on the previous turn. So he's now facing towards me, and most of Sean's ships are facing away. I believe Anakin's hiding off in the corner at this point. So at this at this point, I am pretty sure that um, Rick is three banking or three straight or doing a fast mover coming in. So I turn all of my ships um, to face him, including Dooku, and I turn Dooku into the obstacles in the center because I I can see that I'll have to I go through over a gas cloud, but I'm not that bothered about it. And what I see think at the time is I think I can see a straight channel and then I can get out. But the idea, the idea being that I know Rick's coming this way, and I can line up all three of my shots into him, and there's not a whole lot he can do about it. And this does pretty much go how I imagine. Rick three banks, and I believe you barrel roll trying to dodge Grievous's arc. Uh, then I track to Grievous with Chertek and put put Grievous in front of you again. Most importantly, you do get an obstructed shot from Dooku. Yeah, I know. I know. I got an obstructed shot from Dooku. I didn't think I was dodging Grievous, but I thought that would become obstructed as well because I completely right. forgotten about tracking your own ship. Yeah, uh, and what ends up happening is I believe I deal three damage and a structural damage to Rick. Uh, three, including the structural damage. Yeah, three, including the structural damage, and I think you plink off the shields off Grievous. Yes, and you might be thinking, "Oh, that doesn't sound too bad." Here's the problem, Dooku. Uh, is sitting is I believe Dooku is stressed at this point and he's pointing in between two rocks. There's a gas cloud at the end of it. Um, maybe I'm not stressed. Maybe I'm just strained. But no, uh, no, I don't think you were stressed. Uh, but Dooku has only one path. Rick isn't dead or crippled, and can turn in and can turn in if he wants to shoot him. And the Plo Koon and uh oddball can very easily predict where dooku has to go so i'm a little um in tr a little bit in trouble and i've this is my i think is the biggest mistake is when i put dooku into this situation because i greeted for the trap i think chertek and grievous alone could have like made rick's life more annoying i didn't have to like send dooku in uh to limit his options because what ends up happening is i do a three straight and i, I think i surprise you with a barrel roll yes yes definitely uh, to sort of get out of dodge, but it's still not great because now Dooku, uh, Dooku doesn't have a shot, and he is my expensive piece, and he's supposed to be like shooting and doing shenanigans. But when he's stressed and isn't shooting, uh, no shenanigans. Yeah, because um, because of where the ships were positioned, you managed to get the block on Rick with that um, with that barrel roll. But because I knew you weren't doing a turnaround, because all of your turnarounds I think would have landed you on rocks. I could have 5k'd and landed on a gas cloud. Okay, that's fair. Um, that was that was my other option, but I didn't want to do that because then Plo and Oddball... Plo and A, I'm going back into the rocks, and Plo and Oddball are like, hey, Dooku, here's a procket. <laughs> so what that meant I could do was... Because I can barrel roll or boost Anakin in the Etta after you've dropped a bomb... I can wait and see if you drop a bomb. Dial in a manoeuvre that's basically going to follow Dooku. And basically just plink, plink off the back of him. 
because I didn't think you were turning around, if you dropped a bomb, I could have boosted and gone a different direction. So although you got the block on Rick, it was leaving Anakin to follow up bullseye shots from behind. Yeah, and I think... Like, the rest of the game is pretty elementary. Like, uh, I end up killing Oddball, and I think I still get half on Rick in the end, but um, every one of my ships dies. I, there's a couple of scary moments. Uh, it turns out Zam crew is good, especially on Dooku, because you can shenanigans after the Zam shot, and it gives you a lot of uh, bonus actions. Um, but I guess my other mistake I should mention is I dropped a proton bomb on Chertek, although that was more because Ch Chertek had taken a crit at some point, which was damage sensor array, which means that Nantex can't use its tractor. Uh, and I unfortunately walked onto my own proton bomb and then uh, it was got a console fire and Chertek was kind of out of the game. But that can be improved by, you know, rem like remembering the interactions between damage sensor array and, the Nant and how limited the Nantex is when it can't do anything. <laughs> That's the thing about the Nantex, actually, isn't it? It's a great little ship, but it doesn't take an awful lot to shut it down. If you can stop that tractor... Yeah, if you can stop its tractor action, the pinpointed tractor array, which is, to be fair, is hard to stop, and I'm going to be unpopular and say... Um, I think it being... it, it allow, Allowing it to be bumped is its way of compensating for the fact that the Nantex, other than that, is kind of not great. <laughs> but hey... That's an unpopular message. Maybe it should have been fully executed. But that's not the point of this podcast. We don't delve into the rules. We just we just uh, use good things. Um, to wrap this up, I, I lose. I lose quite badly. Um, although I do successfully uh, avoid Oddball's procket for the entire game, which was quite fun. Oddball! So many times I pulled off the barrel roll into the Red of Aid, lined up the bullseye, and it was millimetres outside of range two. No, that was some good flying by you, to be fair. You'd... <laughs> I was just like... Uh, just a lot of like, oh, where's Oddball? Where can he possibly be? Let's go here. There was the one time, I will admit, I thought I was just going to land it, and I was like, you know what? We trade in. Because maybe Dooku can initiative kill you. And you did. I did initiative kill you, actually. So You, you did? Yeah, with heightened perception. Gotta love that ability. I wish Dooku had two force talent slots. Um... To conclude, uh, I I often run into this in that I play a list and it goes just well enough to make me think that it's going to do okay when I think, and uh, and this list is like that. Like, if I'd flown the Sif Infiltrator a little bit better, I think this is, goes fine. If I don't drop Chertak onto my own bomb, I think he lasts a lot longer. Grievous did Grievous things. And so I get to this point where like, you know what? If I fly this a bunch more, it might actually do okay. And then I and then I remember in the back of my mind, but yes, but Sam, you're flying an infiltrator, so you're probably wrong about that. Yeah, and you you say that you know if you fly it a lot more, but I've certainly the games you play with me, and I can't vouch for how many you you play elsewhere, but you seem to chop and change lists. Maybe not the entire list, but much. the list a lot. I'm I'm exactly the same as you'll know playing against me, and I feel like. We probably should just stick to a list and practice it for like five or ten games. Yeah, my pro I can't do that. <laughs> I just want to try lots of different things. I so, so do I. I think I've currently got like, hang on, quick count, d d d d d d 17 lists in Jesus Launch Bay. And Christ. that's literally just for Republic. Two, three, four, five. 
I only have seven on uh, <laughs> Yasma. <laughs> yeah, like I, I need to, I need to, I just, I need to fly. I need to fly. I need to get back to flying the infiltrator again. Flying large base ships is tricky. I feel. Um, I think, uh, and my my learning lesson is: don't fly Count Dooku into a debris uh, into a into the obstacle field that you set up. Spread them out. Um, whilst you met, whilst I may have wanted uh, rocks, large rocks for Chertex and snare shenanigans, I think small rocks would have done the exact same thing. Because these days with the new tractor rules, I don't often barrel roll or boost my enemies because giving them free rotates is usually better for them than me. Um, so maybe the smaller rocks are the better call because that way Dooku has a lot more freedom, and I still get all the shenanigans. No, that's that's fair. I think, but that's that's all I really have. There was a, an experiment that I think went okay. I don't know how much of it is due to the infiltrator being a just generally a, a good Dooku being a good pilot, or if Sam Wessel is just really really good as a crew, and the fact that the infiltrator can take her means she he's automatically elevated. <laughs> Well, Dooku's quite good because you have to be careful about shooting him and making sure you're not in his arc. Um, and then Zam just amplifies that. Um, for instance, the last round of shooting, I think we had Anakin face off range one. Yes. And I just refused to shoot because I thought you'd double tap me and then ironically you'd put the other card So down. I double tapped you anyway, yeah. It was a bait. <laughs> I mean, luckily I rolled utter garbage on that roll. But, but luckily I survived it, yeah. I would I would have had to roll insanely good to do anything because you're still Anakin. You were Anakin with like three fourths and an evade. Um, and at that point the game was already over. Let's be realistic. Yeah, only because I'd managed to kill Grievous with Plo on that last round. But obviously Anakin yes. was before that. So if I'd shot, lost Anakin, and then failed to kill, um, Grievous. kill Grievous, that's that's game lost for me. So. And we all know, you know, any three dice, three whole ship can blank out, and they regularly do. So, yeah, what is it, one in twenty to blank out on three dice. Yeah, something like that. I'm, I'm not one for the olds. I have to admit. I, I run this list some more, uh, although I'm already distracted. Um, with separatist sixes, Django Fett, Sunfac. Here we go. Probably, I think Sunfac's the better. Nantex pilot and Jango Fett's probably better than Dooku, especially because Jango Fett has Dooku on board. We all know Dooku crew is good. Yeah, but that, like I said, of course, yeah, it's because Dooku's undercosted. That's why I'm running him in the infiltrator because he's all obviously he must be good. Okay, it's my little internal joke. So our tin takes for this episode uh, all revolve around turn zero, really. I think uh, first and foremost, no, or if you don't know, check your opponent's lists and how it interacts with yours. Uh, okay, um, and so, so, so my take on uh, that is like if if your obstacles are good for some of your ships and not good for others, that's fine as long as you identify that when you're placing your obstacles and placing your ships. Because if you only identified it after you've flown your big ship into the obstacle field, it's a little too late. Uh, thank you for joining us. Hopefully, we will be back with episode two next week and our first guest. Yeah, and hopefully if you listen enough to this, you'll be able to join us as we make our way out of the mines. And on that note, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Don't know why I raise my hands in the air as if I'm cheering. Like, no one can see this except me.